This episode of the Disney Film Project is sponsored by TouringPlans.com. Head over to TouringPlans.com and use their tools to save yourself time and money when you are at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. You can use the Lines application on your mobile phone, use the Crowd Calendar to figure out which parks to hit which days, or use the Touring Plans to save time and money waiting in line. TouringPlans.com is the sponsor of this episode of the Disney Film Project. people you love us we hope uh and you love the avengers so what would be better todd than coming to see us and see the avengers at the same time uh what would be better see us and see the avengers and eat popcorn with us i got it though do it at disney world disney world better yes we're going to disney world we are all four of us, you, me, Cheryl, Bree, well, you guys are not going very far. But me and Bree are coming there, and on May 19th, that's the first weekend of Star Wars weekends, folks, that Saturday we will be doing a, the first ever Disney Film Project meet. We are going to see Avengers. All four of us will be there. You come meet us at the AMC Theaters downtown Disney. Of course, we don't know the movie time yet, but we will announce that as well. So stay tuned to the Twitter, the Facebook page, the podcast. We'll let you know. And you're going to come see us, and you're going to come to the meet. Yes. Come to the meet. We'll watch it in 3D. If you can't have popcorn, our friend Emily at Baby Cakes is right nearby, so you can bring that in. Exactly. It's right over there. Sneak in the cupcakes. Cookie sandwich for the win. There you go. So May 19th. Put it on your calendar. Book your travel now. Meet us at Walt Disney World at the AMC Theater at Downtown Disney, and we're all going to go see Avengers together. It's the first Disney Film Project meet. Don't be late. Look for the meet on PlanCast. Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project podcast. This is the show where we discuss the films of the Walt Disney Company. It's as simple as that. If you haven't learned the premise yet, really, come on, pay attention. It's Disney Film Project. It's right there in the title, people. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't chastise our listeners. I am Ryan Kilpatrick. I am the host of the program. I run DisneyFilmProject.com in association with my fine feathered friends who are with us this evening. Uh, And at that site, you can get information about this podcast. You can read blogs about Disney movies. You can look, look at cartoon pictures. You can do all sorts of things. If you like Disney films... That's where you need to go over to DisneyFilmProject.com. But that site would not be what it is without the help of my wonderful friends. First of all, we have Mr. Todd Perlmutter, who is a blogger over at TouringPlans.com and Chief Technical Officer at DisneyDrivenLife.com, and uh, still relocated. Still, yes. I'm, I'm happily relocated and happily getting used to my commute. For the record, it's what, 45 minutes on a good day? Um, yeah, on the good days, it's been 45 minutes. It's pretty interesting, actually. I am so, so. jealous of you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, mine's 90 minutes every day. But it's worth it because I'm able to then do things like this and make a podcast with my wonderful friends and, and producer like Miss Cheryl Perlmutter, who's right over there next to you, but not next to you because she's in the other room. But she is also relocated, and you can read about those travails on Twitter at Cheryl P3, or you can read about the things she goes through while editing this show. Go over to about.me slash Cheryl P3. Hello this evening, Miss Cheryl. How are you? Hi, Ryan. I saw you the other day. Um, when I was in a certain surplus... Um, Dizzy Store, they had a yes. book about the shorts, and I wasn't sure if you you owned it or not. I almost got it. So Interesting. You're going to have to let me know if you, if you have it, because I'll go, I'll go back and get it. <laughs> All right. So you guys carry on the conversation. Cheryl and I are going to IM right now. No, just kidding. Uh, so normally we are joined by our other friend, Miss Brianna Alessio, who is a blogger over at com, And you can also read her work over at DisneyDrivenLife.com, where she talks about the attractions of the parks. And But so far, uh, Miss Bree has been unable to join us this evening. She is working. She's working up a storm. She is uh, trying to make that money 
so she can move down to Florida uh, near the Pearl Mutters and, and visit Disney World every day. I believe that's the actual plan. Is that am I, am I correct in that? I think so. I think we're going to drop her off every morning and pick her up at night. Yes, I think that's the idea. That might add some time to your commute, though. I don't know. Yeah, I, I probably do the one doing the doing the escorting. There we go. Okay. But uh, Bree will be joining us uh, from time to time throughout the next few months. But you can also go over to DisneyFilmProject.com, and she'll be sending in blogs to talk about the various films that we are talking about here. So in the meantime, we are recruiting our friends, our, our coworkers, our moms, whomever we can find uh, to, to fill the void that is Bree. And, of course, no one can fill her shoes, but this evening we have asked someone to – to step in and fill the podcasting void in our lives. And we have Mr. Matthew Tice, who you may know as Hackbox Fiend on Twitter. He is also over on Facebook, and he's just a darn fine gentleman who has agreed to join us tonight. How are you, Matthew? I am outstanding. Oh, sorry, wrong Matt. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, I believe that phrase is trademarked. I, I, I got to pay the royalties later. Okay. I oh, good. That. Thank God it's you, not us. Yeah, I was going to say, we're on a shoestring budget here, so... Um, we, yeah, we, we already uh, owe Lionel Richie, and I forget who else we owe. <laughs> yeah, Lionel Richie's been calling. Has he? Yeah, he's been saying hello. Is it <laughs> <laughs> so, tonight, we're talking about That Darn Cat, the 1965 Walt Disney Productions film with Haley Mills and... Haley, no, not that's the Parent Trap. Uh, Haley Mills and Dean Jones in his first uh, Disney film, not not his last, I will say. No, but but technically her last Disney movie, though she was in television movies after that. Yep. Uh, Haley Haley did quite a few, including, of course, the Parent Trap, uh, and Dean Jones would go on to do such classics as The Love Bug. We're all come on, Blackbeard's people. Ghost too. That's right. You got it. Was this was this a passing of the torch? You think from from Haley Mills to Dean Jones? I'm not sure. <laughs> Possible. Different. I mean, he did it for like uh, I want to say it was like 12 years after this movie. He was a part of the Disney movie collection. It's true. Yeah. Disney did have a uh, a stable of actors. Uh, and many of them are on display here. Of course, we mentioned Haley Mills and Dean Jones, but Ed Wynn, who was in uh, Mary Poppins, makes a makes a brief appearance in this movie. Um, there, there are several others, several Tom, people. Tom Lowell, who went on to do Boat Nicks. <laughs> and you can hear the crickets from here. Yes. <laughs> Might be the only person who's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we going to have to do that movie on this show? Maybe someday. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, so that darn cat, I would say, uh, probably not the most widely seen of the uh, the Disney films. That's safe to say. I'd agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But probably uh, as, and this is one of the pure joys of of doing this show. Probably should be because you get to you get to watch these movies uh, that that have, you haven't seen in a while and realize that hey, they're they're not too bad. But uh, this one, this one should be on TV some more, or, or home video, or something. You should yeah. be able to find a way to see it. Yeah, it, it makes me think that I, I miss um, when Disney tends to play the more modern or the more Disney Channel kids movies, like the the stars who are on from the Disney Channel their movies, and yeah. not not play enough of the old stuff. And this would be an awesome one that they could just throw on any old time. Yeah, I feel like they could start. The, you know, they only have seventeen cable channels. They could. Don't you think they could turn over one to like old Disney movies? You'd think. I don't know. I'd pay HBO prices for it. Just saying. They do have the Disney film on demand. They do. Disney movies online. They're our buddies. Oh, yeah. You're right. You can do that. Yes, they do. Yeah. And some, I, cable, I like providers ha- and some cable providers have that as well. Our yeah, old, I have our that. Old, our old cable provider had that. I don't know if our new one does or not. I have not investigated that much. Yes, I believe I believe you are correct. So uh, that darn cat. So Matt, you, what what were your thoughts on that darn cat? Have you? I'm assuming you have seen this before, numerous times. Okay, is it one of your favorites? I assume it is one of my favorites. I enjoy it. It's quirky. It's uh, it's definitely a timepiece. I mean, 
you could definitely tell when it happened, but it's a good time. I, Not I to would mention that, that uh, I had a boyhood crush on Haley Mills, so... Who, who didn't, really? Right. Let's be honest. All the <laughs> way up into her Saved by the Bell days. Right. Well, I don't know, maybe Parent Trap 3. Oh, good call. Good call. All right, so That Darn Cat is based on a book called Undercovered Cat by Mildred Gordon and, yes, believe it or not, Gordon Gordon, who took time off from being a police commissioner in Gotham City to write a book. (laughs) I don't believe, I don't remember what his real name is, but I don't think it's his original name. I think he had it changed to Gordon Gordon. Oh, okay. His, his, His original name was Jim Gordon. No, I'm kidding. That would be awesome. <laughs> it would be. If Jerry the Riddler was in that mo- in this movie, that would be ter- ter- uh, uh, definitely awesome. It would be appropriate, right? It would be. But uh, yeah, they go by the Gordons, though. I feel like you read if you read their other inf- information about them, they're always referred to as the Gordons, not Gordon Gordon and Mildred Gordon. It's just the Gordons. Not, not G. Gordon Liddy. The Gordons. No. no. Okay. And not the Gordons Fisherman. Sorry. No, not... <laughs> That's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a whole separate thing. Uh, we're a bit silly tonight, folks, but that is in keeping with the spirit of the film, wouldn't you say? I feel it is. Yes, it's a wacky 60s comedy. That would be an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, Matt, it is, it is definitely of its time from the 1960s, but you know what? There's, there's just a special place in my heart for like the Disney films of the 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 60s and 70s uh where it was it was sort of a, a a silly group of group of films i mean we we already did the computer who wore tennis shoes and while that's not exactly a good film uh it was it's enjoyable in its own right as what it is uh and there's definitely things to laugh at whether they're intentional or unintentional in that movie this one i think is is funny on its own just haley mills performance dean jones performance uh i think makes makes the film uh, pretty memorable. But uh, if, if you haven't seen it, the basic idea is is there's a Siamese cat who is basically witness or, or knows where two bank robbers are hiding, and they are holding an employee of the bank hostage. Uh, Miss Miller, she's referred to. And or moms. Because, or moms, yes. <laughs> For for reasons that are not explained <laughs> at all, no. <laughs> uh, and, and one of the bank robbers, as Cheryl so aptly mentioned, is Frank Gorshin, who was the Riddler on the on the Batman show. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes. So riddle me this. Yes. Why do they call her moms? <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a lingo of the day. I I, I didn't look it up. I really should have. Yeah, oh, you know what? It could have been because wasn't it um, in the 60s you say moms and daddy-o? Probably. Yeah. Maybe let's that was what was that. going Yeah, um, let's um, go with that. My choice. There, done. There we yes. go. All right. So that's – it's going up on Wikipedia right now as we talk. So that's that's why. <laughs> and everyone knows if you read it on the internet, it's got to be true. Especially the Wikipedia. Especially the Wikipedia, yes. So So the cat, who is known as DC – and the, the explanation for that is given in her own special way by Haley Mills, who says that her father actually called it something much more foul, but uh, shortened it to that darn cat or DC. I wanted to know what her father actually called the cat. Not going to lie. <laughs> in, in the book, the cat has a, actually has a real name, and DC is not the real name. DC is just a nickname in the book. Okay. The, the cat's name is Pancho in the, in the book. Not Sancho Panza. No. But Poncho. Poncho. Like, like something you wear poncho, when like, No, 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 no. Not Poncho. Not P-O-N-P-A-N-C-H-O. Ah, okay. Got it. All right. Yeah. Glad we Sorry. cleared that up. Yes. No, it's, this is important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> D- did you know that the, the cat is, a, is actually a repeat Disney star? Yes. Uh, incredible Journey. Yes. It's the same cat. Or one well, of them. One of well, them, one yes. This is the main yes. one. Yeah, this yeah. is the main one in both movies. Okay. There were stand-ins. Of course. Because, I'm, you know, he's a star. You can't have one cat 
Can't do his own stunts. That's right. Absolutely not. So, so DC the cat uh, comes upon the bank robbers, and the moms takes her watch off while they aren't looking and starts scratching help underneath it and affixes it to DC's collar and sends him on his merry way. She doesn't finish writing help, but she gets close enough uh, and sends him on his merry way to hopefully bring help back to her. Um, Not a bad plan as, as escape plans go. Probably not the most efficient. (laughs) So it was an elastic band thing though, right? Expandable. Yes. Well, yeah, with essentially a rubber band with metal around it. I mean, sure. you know, you know you, as a kid, if you've ever experimented, you really shouldn't be putting rubber bands around cats' necks. Just not healthy for the cat. No, probably not. The kids don't do this at home. Yes, kids, if you're ever kidnapped and held by the Riddler. <laughs> don't tie rubber bands around cats' necks. Absolutely. This is, if, if you take anything away from this show, that's what we want you to take away. Yes. Yes. Even if you're not, just don't do it. Yes. Right. Absolutely not. So the cat finds its way back home, which is uh, to Haley Mills and her sister. Uh, Haley, Haley is playing Patty Randall, and her sister is named Ingrid Randall. Uh, and they are living by themselves in a house because their parents are traveling overseas, apparently for quite some time by, by the uh, sounds of the nosy neighbor. Yes. Yes. And can I say Elsa Lanchester as the nosy neighbor cracked me up, but not as much as her husband. <laughs> yes. He's really funny. He has like the best line in the movie too, the thing about the hearing aid and turning it off. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> Woman, I can't hear you, but whatever it is, I'm sure I disagree with it 100%. That's literally the best line in the whole movie. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and now I have to come up with a new quote for the end of the show, but that's another thing. <laughs> that's uh, that's William Demarest is un- for Uncle Charlie from My Three Sons for people who th- going. I recognize this guy. I know. I know yep. this guy. <laughs> yes, William William Demarest, and this was this was his last film on his filmography. Really? Oh. Yes. Poor guy. Yeah. But he he went out with a bang because he was he was quite humorous in this <laughs> because he and his wife basically kind of come in and out of. Uh, Spying on the uh, the neighbors, Elsa Lanchester, the, the the wife, is spying on the neighbors, and he frankly wants nothing to do with it. And he ends up uh, taking care of her, but we'll we'll talk about that in a little while. But when when DC comes home, it's Haley Mills' character Patty who figures out what's going on with the watch, and she, of course, in her own Haley Mills esque way, uh, infiltrates the FBI and sits down next to Agent Zeke Kelso, uh, who is played by Dean Jones. I was trying to figure that out. I mean, first of all, the FBI has a waiting room. <laughs> of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a very strange FBI office, I have to say. They're subletting from the dentist. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, truthfully, I mean, this this was like like computer war tennis shoes. This was one that was filmed in offices and on the back at, at Disney Studios and in the back lot of Disney Studios. So it's all just reuse of existing stuff. Yes. Yes, it is. I think I actually have I, – I, when I was watching this and I can't I, – I looked and tried to figure it out. I swear I've seen that office set in another Disney film, but I can't figure out which one it was. Maybe eventually we'll get to it in, in the middle go, of – Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it's in one of the Dexter Riley movies, but we'll see. We oh, haven't yeah. got the other ones yet. So, so Patty manages to convince Mr. Kelso that there, there is a lead here. Or rather, she manages to get him to go to her, his boss, who tells Kelso that he will now surveil the cat, follow the cat to see if he can find the bank robbers. And Kelso responds with the, uh, how shall I put this, enthusiasm, uh, a lack of enthusiasm, I should say. He uh, he yeah. says he has an allergy. I think it's fairly well established that he does have an allergy. Which he forgot to report. He yes. Like to do a report. <laughs> it's just a small one. I, 
it seemed at first he wasn't actually allergic to the cat, but rather saying the word cat. Yeah. Well, I don't think he ever actually does say the word cat, does he? I, that's what I mean. It's like every time he goes to say the word cat is when he sneezes, or any any time he mentions it in a sentence, he sneezes in the middle of the word, or just as he's about to say the word. And it's kind of it was just kind of sort of odd because it was not the cat had like. There's points in the movie where the cat has been in the room for like five or ten minutes, and it's not until he mentions a cat that he sneezes. Right. This is true. Yeah. So perhaps his allergy is is merely to vocalization. <laughs> it's just the thought of the cat. The, it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat allergy. Yes. Oh, it's not there until he thinks of the cat. That's very good. Thank you. So from that point forward, the rest of the movie is basically him tailing the cat uh, for three outings. The cat makes three outings. The first is with Zeke Kelso uh, taking over Ingrid's bedroom, which of course leads the nosy neighbor off on a on a tangent. But he is sitting in the bedroom on the radio talking to what six, seven, eight FBI men who have established a perimeter around the cat. Yes. Well, I, I, even before that, the whole scene where they're waiting for the cat to wake up. Yes. <laughs> it's, trying it, to be nonchalant about it. I know. And then he's like, he's, he's like, well, the, there's, there's two times it goes on. And I can't remember the order, but there's the one with all the agents, right? And the, actually it happens three times. They go through the whole same scene with waiting for the cat to wake up, yes. right? All yeah. three times. What? Everything's repeated three times. Like the last hour and a half of the movie is basically three times through them trying to follow the cat. Yeah, because the first time he's, it's all the it, they're waiting, but all the other agents are outside, and he's sitting there, and it's very funny because he's with um, he's with her, and they're like, uh, she goes, she goes, you have to be very nonchalant about it and very quiet, and it's like, and then she goes, can't you do any better <laughs> or something like <laughs> yes. that? <laughs> Dean Jones is not very good at relaxing in this movie, is what we learn. She she makes that comment to him at one point too. Um, I'm trying to trying to see. It's, it's at the end of this first sequence because what happens in this first in the first time they're tailing the cat is the cat makes a move and they all start converging around the cat and then the cat moves again and they basically give up because they thought they had the the people when it which it turns out they had the right place but the cat moved before they moved their perimeter and he basically she she says well just don't get disappointed because dc goes to you know a variety of spots all over town and he kind of freaks out and she tells him you know you can't tense up so much and of course my, that that was my my favorite bad delivery <laughs> comedic moment in the movie when he comes back to her like I'm not tense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes I'm I'm alert not tense and it's kind of sort of odd too because I uh, I had this moment where I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. I know how the movie ends and who he ends up with, but she seems to have a thing for him at this point in the movie." Oh, definitely. Yeah, they sort of tease that a little bit, I thought. Yeah. Um, well, he ends up with her sister, Ingrid. But yeah, you're right. I, I, I kind of wondered because they sort of dance. Honestly, the whole movie dances around the idea of people falling in love. Because even at the very end, when, when the couples pair up, they aren't really like paired up. You know what I mean? Like they're carpooling. Yeah. They don't actually go on a date. Yeah, they're at the beginning of something. Like they were might have been planning a sequel or something like that. I'm not really sure. So the movie has a lot of uh, slapsticky elements in it. It's not necessarily a slapstick comedy, but it has a lot of those sorts of elements to it, especially when they're chasing the cat uh, in the various sequences where they have trailed the cat. Yeah, I, uh, on my notes I wrote Keystone Cops. Yes, that's a very apt description. I think Bewitched, because of the neighbors. The neighbors really have me going Bewitched. Oh, they do remind me of them. Oh, that's a really good thing to yeah. point out there. I can't remember their name yeah. the life of me at the moment, but you're right. <laughs> bewitched. Well, that would be right in the same era, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Maybe maybe one influenced the other. You'll never we'll never know. Tickle tickle yeah. tickle. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Todd Todd's wiggling his nose. This is no good. But so their first attempt is unsuccessful because all the FBI agents are not uh, able to figure out what's going on. The second attempt, they decide to bug the cat. And no, not irritate the cat. They decide to plant a transmitter and a microphone on the cat. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. They're going to plant a transmitter and a microphone on the cat. Yes. Along and, with an old, old-time old GPS device of some type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that collar wasn't clunky or anything, was it? No, it, it looked pretty sleek when it was on, though, but like it was like ten times thicker every time they would investigate it. Exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It reminded me of the um, so comic books. Spider Man. Remember yes. the old Spider Tracers? Remember yes. that big black thing with the big with the antenna with the circle on the end of it? Looked just the same that he would use to track the Spider Tracers, right? Yes. That's that's what Zeke there was using. Yes, he was. And by the way, horrible name, Zeke Kelso. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's wrong with FBI agent Zeke? Well, as Ingrid said, can you imagine the girl who marries him? <laughs> it was probably her. Well, what do you mean, know. Zeke and Ingrid? Yeah, Ingrid, Ingrid Kelso. <laughs> Mrs. Zeke Kelso. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to hold up. But Zeke convinces the FBI to bug the cat, and they send the cat out again... Uh, which which does not work that time either. No, it really goes pretty bored badly. Yeah, yeah, he goes all over town, <laughs> including the movie theater, which is actually very entertaining. The the drive-in. Yeah. Yep. Zeke takes over the drive-in with uh, as posing as the health inspector as he tries to follow the cat. Uh, DC <laughs> gets on on the movie screen while Patty is there with her not boyfriend canoe. Ah, canoe. <laughs> Poor canoe. Yeah, canoe. Canoe is is um, yeah. He was the yeah. back then. They used to insert the Dobie Gillis character into movies a lot, and he was that supposed to be that role. He didn't do it very well, but that's what I was getting out of it. Yeah. Let me take you guys back in time for a second on this. When he went to the house at the beginning of the movie, remember? When yeah. he made himself a sandwich. Yeah. If you watch that sandwich, it gets smaller and bigger, then smaller and then bigger again. I'm gonna go watch this after now. <laughs> oh, you have to! It's hilarious. Like it's almost gone, and then there's like three quarters of a sandwich left in the next scene. I like it. I <laughs> want a sandwich great. like that. The incredible growing sandwich. He he. Canoe is obsessed with the sandwich. Like, every time that Patty is shutting him out of the house to keep the FBI away, the, the first thing is, can I come in? The second thing is, can I make myself a sandwich? Yeah, it was interesting. There's this point in the movie where she makes a com- – where she's talking with Zeke, and he asks a question about the people coming over, and she talk- talks about how Daddy always complained that it was like a, you know, a, a flop house for wayward youths when she was younger or something like that. Yeah. And, but I'm there's drunk. only – punch drunk and but there's only the one kid that keeps coming by not like a horde of people well there was also ingrid's boyfriend the duck hunter as well <laughs> gregory was he a boyfriend really <laughs> well he well as patty as patty pointed out to us that was his plan <laughs> oh yeah he was trying as yeah, long as his mother let him i don't i don't know that he's getting very far with it though <laughs> that this would be gregory benson the character uh, portrayed by Roddy McDowell, yes. who was also in the Disney stable at this point. Yes, and uh, also an ape. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably most famous for his Planet of the Apes work. Yes, uh, playing uh, Cornelius and then a few other characters in the TV series, right? Yep. Yes, but Gregory Gregory uh, is is carpooling with Ingrid, which, by the way. Speaking of plot holes, Matt, as you talked about the incredible growing sandwich, so 
Gregory is bringing Ingrid to and from work, right? That's all that we know of that's going on between the two of them. Right. Yet the very first part of the movie, when she arrives home, Canoe looks at his watch, and it's 11.15. Can I just say Ingrid works long hours? (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. It was a late shift. Uh, She got called in on a day off. Well, the the same thing happens the first time the cat uh, surveillance begins, right? Because it's 9 o'clock when the cat surveillance begins, and she doesn't show up until like 9.30. Yeah, well, there's this. So there's this scene too. The first time he drops her off, that's like the Gaston and Bell scene that I complained about, right? Where he kind of like is like you know insinuating himself into her personal space a bit too much. Uh, yeah, like like Count or Judge Claude Frollo to Esmeralda too much. <laughs> yeah, it was just a uh, very odd, for sure. Yeah, Roddy McDowell can be creepy. He can be. He it's that. Triangle face in the eyes. Yeah. I mean, he's a little bit creepy in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, but that part that you're talking about at the very beginning where he's sort of cornered her against the door is kind of really creepy. Playing with her hair. Yeah. <laughs> We're, that's the truth. Scary. Yeah. Plus, I'm glad we never met Mom. His mom. Aren't you... I have a feeling his mom doesn't actually exist. But the uh, so the second surveillance does does also not lead to the kidnappers. Uh, as we go through the drive-in, we go through all sorts of permutations around town. Dean Jones gets messed up. Uh, it it doesn't work. Doesn't it's, doesn't work. Is the second time with the shotgun chase? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's when Gregory decides he's going to shoot. Uh, he, early in the film, he says he's going to shoot DC. When DC comes back through and disturbs his pigeons, uh, he sees Dean Jones th- coming through the yard and decides to shoot after him, and hilarity ensues. Yeah, well, hilarity. I, I like how because um, Miss the neck the neighbor there, um, the Mrs. McDougal, she said the thing about the doctor coming over the night before, right? Yes. And so now he's got it in he's got it in his head that. Ingrid is cheating on him, but not cheating on him because they're not boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. And so he there's that whole conversation with him and the shotgun on the stairs in their house. Yes. <laughs> and and they're about to read, and they find uh, Zeke in the closet, and they're about to read him in on it, and he's like, "No, I know what's going on here." And his and so it, it was just like a, the whole conversation about her reputation that goes on, and she's like, yeah, I don't really care about what he thinks. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of bizarre, like right, because they kind of dance around her reputation and all that kind of stuff, which I get it. It's it's you know it's nineteen sixty five. You don't you don't talk about those sorts of things, you know, in in the movies, but. Even to the point of, like I said, the at the at the end, there's no there's no kiss between Kelso and Ingrid or Patty and Canoe. There's just you know, oh good, we're we're all happy together now. Eat your food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll go and make you a sandwich. We'll go it, Silver Surfer again. It it all comes back to the sandwich. Yeah, that's the this movie. There, there was an interesting drop too, because because again, remember we're talking about how I thought they were trying to apply a romance between Patty and Zeke at one point in the movie. Yeah. There's another point where we know she likes to date surfers, right? I mean, pretty much because the canoe, she kind of implies it as well at one point. But it, she starts asking Zeke personal questions, and she asks him about uh, surfing, right? And he goes, "Oh yeah, I used to surf, right?" And it's like I thought that that was like again they were leading towards the relationship but it that never happens. Right. It is kind of odd. I wonder if they tested the movie and it did test well and they had to rewrite it. Well, there is that, that point that uh the second time that they're setting DC up to go out that Patty gets the idea to have uh, Ingrid take the collar and go hide in the closet. And have Kelso go look for. Yeah. Yes. With that conniving look on her face that only Haley yeah. Mills has. That's uh, when yeah. I kind of thought that they started hinting at an Ingrid Kelso 
uh, line. Did anybody else wish that they had gone on with the talking cat thing like longer than they did? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, of all the gags in the movie not to carry for a little bit, that was definitely one that they should have carried longer. <laughs> I, I agree, yeah. So, for those who haven't seen it, they, there's a nice gag where Ingrid is wearing one of the transmitters and she starts talking and Kelso hears her voice and thinks it's the cat. They only do it, like, what, two sentences before he figures it out? I agree. Yeah. That should have gone on for another three or four minutes because that was pretty funny. <laughs> It was just very odd. But then the whole closet scene. I mean, why was it so hard to open the closet door? I didn't understand that. I thought it was like a throwaway, and then she's actually trapped in the closet. He can't, because he can't get her out. Yeah. Apparently only Patty can open the door. I didn't understand that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that is the weirdest latch on a closet door I've ever seen. <laughs> and then he takes the hinges off to get her out. That's yeah. about the, the end of it. It's it's like like you were saying. There's this uh, Keystone Cop nature to the movie, and everything about the movie is is really sight gags or word games. There's not. Well, there is there is a point where it doesn't exist, and that's with the two criminals. You never see sight gags or nonsense with those two guys ever. They keep yeah. them straight serious through the whole movie, except the fan and the money. I, yeah, except for that one. Yeah. There, there was the one thing was the fan and of the And the one criminal had the soft spot for Mrs. Miller there. Yes, one like cats and one like ladies named moms. <laughs> <laughs> Again, makes no sense. But it's and okay. it's a little creepy. Yeah, that uh, she. Plus, it wasn't just like that. What was going on with her was creepy. I mean, she was creepy. She kind of creeped yeah. me out more than anybody else in the movie, <laughs> except Roddy McDowell. No, For she sure. creeped me out more than Roddy McDowell. No, no. Yes. No. Roddy McDowell was the ultimate in creepiness. Uh, I guess with the yeah, anytime he touched, okay, any, right, okay, somewhere between the creepiness of the scenes with him and Ingrid alone, yes, and the rest of the movie lies the mom's character, <laughs> Mrs. Miller. She's above the Riddler in creepiness, yes, but below Roddy McDowell yes. is where I would say on the creepiness scale. Haley right. Mills is the bottom, yes, and not creepy at all. She's still towards the top. Yes. I agree with that. I think, and like, Canoe is somewhere between the Riddler and Haley Mills. Yeah, so Canoe, in the, so when they get to the third one, everyone is out following the cat. <laughs> everyone in the movie except Ingrid is out following the cat. Did anyone look at Canoe in his quote-unquote disguise and think he looked like Hunter S. Thompson? Yes. He did, yes. <laughs> he, that, he really... That's weird. I... Probably intentional, all things considered. I mean, because it was right down to the mustache when he puts the fake mustache on. Yes. It, it had to be intentional, but I just don't know why. I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, again, it's the 60s. It's, 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 it may be – some people may be thinking it's inappropriate. I mean, we won't really get into Hunter Thompson to begin with, but it's the 60s, and he was a pop icon, popular icon then, you know, so – Pop culture icon, I should say. Might have been just a way to kind of see if they could sneak him, sneak like an, uh, a hidden hunter, if you will, into the movie. Yes. <laughs> By the way, Hunter Kelso would have been a better FBI name. We can continue. Yes. Oh, indeed. Yes. Agree. <laughs> Completely agree. Yes, but the whole, the whole thing comes together with all of them sort of chasing the cat, right? And so, But this comes together because... Patty, they, they had determined after the second time out that the cat was no longer a lead. Patty then goes to the jewelry store because they can't connect the watch to Miss Miller. So she decides to fake a call to the FBI. <laughs> Again, committing multiple felonies after breaking and entering into the FBI office. <laughs> now she's going to falsify information. And she ropes poor Ed Wynn into this. <laughs> Mr. Hofstetter. Yes. But my one of my favorite comedic deliveries by Haley Mills is when she's being Miss Hofstetter <laughs> on the fake tip, and she talks about her trip to Mexico on a bus. Yes, uh, probably the second best line in the movie. Yes. <laughs> 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 
with her Zsa Zsa Gabor accent? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and then the, the FBI calls back to confirm with Mr. Hofstetter, and instead of her being on holiday in Mexico, she's from Mexico <laughs> with the name Hofstetter. <laughs> and they roll with it. Yeah, and they just go, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> kind of crazy. But uh, it convinces the FBI, and as you said, Todd, now I think the entire Southern California Bureau of the FBI is in Ingrid's bedroom waiting for the cat to wake up. <laughs> it's the, the chief of the branch is in her bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not a this is that's like Kirk beaming down. Kind of, yes. <laughs> kind of like that. Although there's no uh, red shirts around him to get killed. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the the agents are kind of the red shirts even though they don't die, but it's like a room full of red shirts and Kirk comes down. There you go. Yeah. So he stays in the bedroom while Zeke goes out to follow the cat. Meanwhile, Canoe is following them, following the cat. Then Patty sneaks out to follow the cat. Uh, and we all end up back at the, except for Canoe, who gets caught in a garage door. We'll talk about that. <laughs> we all end up at the bank robbers, solve the ultimate puzzle, and uh, the cat gets all the credit, DC, because Patty throws the cat at one of the bank robbers, and that ends up being the big break in the case. Yes, that's uh, that's it's really funny too that the way because it's like I just can't imagine having a scratching cat in my face. It just like gives me chills. Yes. Yeah. And it's not that I don't I love cats. It's just a, the scratchy mini cat in my face. No, 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 no. Uh. Yes, and DC is a scratchy mini cat. Let's be clear. Yes. Yeah, you can ask Kelso. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he tries to drag him out from under the bed. Or paw print him. <laughs> yeah, or do anything with him. Oh my gosh, the paw print scene. You, you know, you know what the room is going to look like when you get back to it. You know it's coming, right? Oh yeah. But, yes. but nonetheless, it's funny just to look at. Because there are paw prints everywhere. And he yeah. takes one from his head and uses that one for the, for the print. Yes. That was just hilarious. Wipe, wipes the card off his head and says it's the best print he's ever gotten. Yes. <laughs> by the way, did, so does anyone else remember getting fingerprinted by that kind of fingerprint kit when you were younger? Back, yes. Right? You, you remember the roller kits when they used to do um, – because they used to uh, – I lived in New York, and I don't know if they – well, they didn't do this in all the other states, but New York was a big proponent of this. Is they they take fingerprints of all children, so if a child got kidnapped, right, they could mm-hmm. find the kid. And this and they would use the, You'd have to get it done with that roller and glass kit and the whole the fingerprint card and the whole nine yards. Yes. So, and it's messy because it's India ink. You have to use special oh, yeah. soap and yeah. Yep. You can you can look up India ink, folks, if you're not sure what it is. It's just really dense, messy ink, which is why it's all over the place once it gets on the cat's paws. Incidentally, on the shower curtain, like the cat walked up to the shower curtain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it do, it doesn't make sense. It's best to just suspend disbelief. I, I just and it's all over his. He got the puff prints all over his shirt. It's just like awesome. Like he could have just cut one of them out instead of the forehead thing. But the forehead thing was cute. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, it's not. It's one of those 1960s Disney films. We talked about this with Computer that wore tennis shoes. We've talked about it with other movies. Like, the plot itself is basically, what if this happened? And then you just kind of spend time with the characters from there, right? So the, the setup, they give you the setup of what if the cat knew where the bank robbers were. Everything else is just, let's have some fun and hang out with the characters. It's a two-out – so you can see, like, we finished talking about what happens in the movie in a relatively short amount of time. It's a two-hour film, though, and most of the film is just spent hanging out with these characters and laughing at them or laughing with them, as the case may be, and that's kind of okay. So um, there's only one real song in this movie. 
It's the title song. There's no other. There's a little bit of background music, but there's no other real music to speak of in the movie. But right. did you did you catch the tune? Because the tune's used in another Disney movie. I didn't catch the tune. I I saw who who sang it though. Yes. It, you want to go? Want to do that first? Yes. It was the Bobby Darren. Yes. He of Under the Sea fame. Yes. And yeah. Uh, and Mac the Knife also is his other. Yep. And uh, he is just he was a he was a teen heartthrob back then, so he was a really good pick for a '60s movie that you're trying to attract an audience to, which incidentally they did. This was a very very popular movie. I mean, yes. I found a link to New York Times has really good archives, and they started to put the archives instead of leaving them on microfuge, actually put them online so you could search old articles. So you can actually find the 1965 review from the New York Times. I read that one. Yeah, they and, uh, really enjoyed it. They they really enjoyed it. I mean, this was a, yeah. and it has ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, this is, this is a movie people just really love. And I I, I I'm not. I, it's got that just that kitschiness to it because all that's what Dean Jones brings to a movie, right? He brings that kitschiness to the movie, right? And so does Haley Mills. And so does Haley Mills. Yeah. That's 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 what I mean. It's it's there. Their chemistry, while not well, not really a love chemistry. There's a, there's a chemistry there where they play off of each other so well that you kind of just enjoy listening to them talk to each other, listening to their silliness, right? And it just plays well as a result. Right. Like the whole cast was a knockout from start to finish. I don't think there was a bad person in the cast. And Robert Stevenson is the one who directed it, I believe. Yes. And I haven't seen a Robert Stevenson movie. I haven't enjoyed. That he's done for Disney. Agreed. I think, that, I think that's an absolutely fair comment. I mean, he just he understands not just um, direction and how to work with actors, but how to make a family movie be a family movie. Yes. And and he, that he he's done some of the my favorite work that Disney's produced. I mean, obviously Mary Poppins, but. You know, we talked about Darby O'Gill, and of course, we all know my my love and affection for the TV show Zorro. Yes, and he did he did the sort of the foundation of that show too. He used Dean Jones a lot. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, he did. He he used him in this one. He used him in Love Bug. He did Blackbeard's Ghost. Yeah, he he liked him as an actor, and it's not surprising. I mean, Dean Jones is really good at morphing into a role. That's another thing yes. he did really well. So um, back to the music. So um, the reason why I ask if you recognize the the tune that sits underneath the the that darn cat thing is because it's it's actually the same one that they use in Aristic that the Sherman Brothers use in Aristocats for the Thomas O'Malley cat tune. Nice. Oh, I got you. Okay. And at the end of the movie, there's an Aristocats reference. Did you catch it? There was. Yes. So if you notice when when DC goes with his with the female cat at the end. It's oh, not the yeah, female yeah. cat yeah, yeah. be kittens, and they all walk off together. So it's actually an Aristocats reference, which they would have already been storyboarding and preparing to, fin- you know, preparing, you know, they would have been through that and working on Aristocats at that point in time. Right, right. So, yeah, my brain was screaming that that's what it resembled. It looked like Thomas O'Malley and his family just trotting down the alley. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was intentional. Nice. There you go. You know what we forgot to mention? Oh, no. Mr. McDougal calling the cops on his wife. Yes, yes. we did. <laughs> which, is, which is both funny and tragic. <laughs> because really funny because he sends her out the door and then he calls the cops and tells them that uh, there's a prowler walking around dressed up as an old woman. And that it's tragic <laughs> because she comes back and she's going to kill him, so he has to leave. Yeah, that's sad, but what can you do? But funny all the way around. It really is. Actually, they were. You know, it's. We talk a lot about um, how the um, the side thing, the side characters in cer- in certain of the Disney movies don't really f- seem to fit well with the rest of the movie. They seem to be having their own thing. They do also, but like Cheryl said, it reminds you of it, it's done in a better way, so it comes off more like that whole bewitched thing that she was mentioning. So they just are really good as comic relief on top of an already comical movie. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was going to say. They're they're almost like the absurd relief instead of the comic relief. 
You know, like, it's just kind of taking that comedy up to another level. <laughs> absurd relief. I like that. <laughs> I'm absurdly relieved by that. There we go. <laughs> so, um, by the way, so this, this movie gets referenced a lot in popular culture. I mean, to this day, okay? And I'll yeah. actually to this day, but my, two of my favorite references one is old and one is like practically brand new is um, there's an episode of the old Batman car- ba- Batman uh, series with Adam West called that darn Catwoman. Yep. Okay. That's, that's a really one of, first of all, one of the best episodes of that entire series of Batman. If you've never seen it start with that episode, it's not a bad place to start. Okay. Um, but the other thing is in the recent Phineas and Ferb uh, cross the second dimension movie that came out on Disney Channel, the the movie that Phineas and Ferb's parents are going to watch is called That Darn Fiance. There you go. <laughs> and and can I say that the, the, the drive-in part where Dean Jones is crawling across the screen chasing the cat, I've seen that in so many movies I've lost count. It's really funny. So there's a few shots, right, that are that are like you forget that those are like some of the promotional shots that have always been – that are heavily used by Disney of like Haley Mills or Dean Jones – almost always come from this movie. Yeah. Not, not so much from their other movies, despite that their other movies may be more well-known, like Love Bug and Parent Trap, for example, right? Right, But, right. but there are shots like um, the sh- when she's on that, uh, the bed at one point, she discovers the, the watch around DC's neck, right? That moment beforehand when she's scratching the cat, Disney uses that picture all over the place. And there, there's another one, too, where uh, I can't remember which time it is that they're waiting for the cat to go out, but where the two of them turn to face the camera together, Dean Jones and Haley Mills. I'm like, oh, I've seen that. Like, I've seen that in the parks. I've seen that everywhere. Yeah. This, this movie also had a huge um, sponsor campaign for, like, various sponsors. Uh, I saw I'll- that, yeah. I'll include this in the show notes, but it's very it's very interesting. It was it's all it's all uh, Dean Jones and um, what's her name, the one who plays Ingrid, right? They're they're the main char- they're the main characters in the ad campaign, and they're doing Yamaha and uh, Scripto pens and Purina Cat Chow and things and things like that, just on and on and on. And it's 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 all them and DC, all in all the all of the promos. It's, yes, it's. Very interesting because it's like when it's. I don't think Disney ever cross promoted any movie more than it did this one. Yeah, <laughs> is, wasn't there so a little? Odd. Wasn't there a little controversy because Haley, like, there was a big spread in some magazine, and Haley Mills wasn't present for that spread. Everybody else was there, and they put some other girl in. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah, I, I can't even remember where I saw it, but I was reading about it when I was doing some more research on this movie, and. uh it was in a woman's magazine, and it was big spread, you know, with the characters cross-promoting things. But Haley Mills wasn't there, and some people were saying at the time that it looked like it was the writing on the wall. Kind of that Dean Jones is coming in and Haley Mills is going out. Oh. I told you. Told you it was a torch-passing movie. Oh, maybe, maybe. I, I, I was wondering, you know how sometimes Disney makes, like, really, like, off-references between movies? I mean, I've never read the book for this. I would never spend the time to read the book for this, because I... This is a this is a movie where I'm, I don't really feel like I need to go chase the book, right? <laughs> right. Um, but the um, so you, they live on Pendleton Ave, right? In the movie, yes. Right. Okay. I, I was trying eight hundred eight Pendleton Avenue. It, yeah. I was trying to look for a reference. The only thing I can figure is that Haley Mills was in Pollyanna, and isn't the guy Mister Pendleton? That's hmm. you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. I'm trying to remember yeah. if his name was Mr. Pendleton, and I think he, I think it was. Yes, I, the only connection I could find. I, I, I think it's tenuous. I don't think it's valid. I just was mentioning it because in case somebody else decides to chase something like that down. And, and by the way, Ingrid was played by Dorothy Praveen, who who also appeared in our favorite 1970s television show, Love American Style. Yes. <laughs> by by the way, the uh, the connections to, for this, there's just lots of character, lots of the actors and actresses in this movie were in Planet of the Apes, Tales of the Gold Monkey, okay, The New Adventures of Wonder Woman, and Adam's Family. 
And, and let's not forget, uh, Dorothy Praveen was also in It's a Mad, Mad World. Yes, she was. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Yes. And probably her most popular role, actually, is yes. that. Now, what other Batman connection does Frank Gorshin have other than being the Riddler? I, I, I do know this. It's actually a current one. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, I, uh, I do not. On the, on the Young Justice cartoon, he is voicing uh, Hugo Strange, who is running, um, what is it, the prison in Louisiana where they keep the super prisoners, who I can't remember any, right at the moment. can't remember the prison name. Uh, I'm Bill, not sure, but Bill the Rev. Bell Rev. Yeah. He also did Hugo Strange in the 2005 cartoon series, The Batman. Oh, did he? Okay, so yeah. that's probably just carrying the character voices for, which they do a lot in that whole uh, series. Because all those um, series are more or less continued, considered contiguous, except for the Teen Titans one. Cool. There you go. All right, so that darn cat. Let's give it that darn rating. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> sure, go ahead. All right, well, we'll start with our special guest star, Mr. Matthew Tice. Uh, obviously, this is one of your favorites, so on a scale of one to five, what did you think? I gave it a four out of five. It's not the ultimate favorite, but it's up there. Nice. I like it. Uh, Cheryl, what about you? I give it a three out of five. Not, you know, not, not as bad as um, some other movies. It definitely, you know, makes you laugh, but, you know, not super... <laughs> Fair enough. Mr. Perlmutter? Um, I'm also going to go with a three. I mean, I, I like the movie a lot, I'm, but again, I'm not... I'm not... It's not a must-watch for me, but if it's on, I'll certainly watch it. Right? Like, if, if Disney better be listening and better be considering putting more movies, old movies on, I would watch right. this if it was on TV. Right? I mean, but, or, uh, you know, it's or not... Or at least putting it out so we can somehow watch it. Yes, right? that's true. Actually, there was a re-release with both versions of it on... On DVD. I have the DVD, but it's very bare-bones. There's no special features, nothing. Oh, yeah, they do, they do that a lot. They did that with Freaky Friday and uh, the and uh, the Her- two Herbie movies when they put them out on the same... The Lindsay Lohan one and the Dean Jones ones on, this, on the same DVD. There was no specials on it. Right. I'm just saying it, it took some doing to track this one down. Did it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It did. So it shouldn't be that way for a movie that is uh, definitely I, – I'm with, I'm with you, you two Perlmutters uh, in giving it a three. And that's – again, three is, three is pretty much a good rating on our side. It has to go above and beyond to get up, up in the uh, fours and fives. It's definitely funny. Uh, I plan to show it to my kids. I think they'll really get a kick out of it. Uh, and you know, I won't mind watching it again after just just watching it uh, yesterday. So yeah. definitely one to enjoy. It's just you know, it's light, it's fluffy. There's not a lot of plot, and you know, uh, there's there's no goals, conflict, and motivation to it. Yes, but you, that's okay. You know what I like about it is is I I, I tend to have this concept of um, you can have what I call background movies. Right, the things that you can throw in, and you could like be cleaning the house and listening to, because you don't have, yes. you know, what's going on. You don't have to pay a hundred percent attention, and it's, it's interesting enough to keep your mind off of what you're doing. Yes, right? completely right. agree. I, and that's I, this, exactly what this is. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So until next week, you can keep in touch with us. You can let us know what you think of this show. Go over to DisneyFilmProject.com, and you can leave a comment on the show notes there. You can tweet us at DizFilmProject, or you can go over to Facebook and search for Disney Film Project and let us know what you think of the show there. You can keep in touch with all of us on our various and sundry blogging platforms. You can check out Todd and myself over at TouringPlans.com. Check out Bree's Attractions blogs, my film blogs, and Todd's chief technical wizardry over at DisneyDrivenLife.com. And you can keep up with Cheryl's travails trying to keep this podcast together at about.me slash Cheryl P3. And also, don't forget to check out Magic 24.7. Listen to the box office report sponsored by us here at Disney Film Project. So go over to magic247radio.com 
and listen to that show so you can check out the box office report. So until next week, folks, keep it watching the movies. Be careful, Gregory. Be extremely careful about what to say. I haven't had my coffee yet, and I'm in no mood for stupid, irresponsible remarks. I'm afraid you underestimate me. We shall proceed with the paw printing. But I've got friends. I've got ten little lead those friends in here, and they all run faster than you do, moms. You know, that fellow has the most attractive way of putting his foot in his mouth. Yeah.